0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: We are indeed called to be different, to be separated. And part of that ability to live out this unique call in our life is to discern those things that are holy, Discern them from those things that are not. And we're going to see an example from the priests. They are called to live in a unique way, in a distinct way. And we can learn from this passage, insight, wisdom, principles, that we need to apply to our life so that we are indeed those who reflect and bear witness to the holiness and the glory and the righteousness of the kingdom of God. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Leviticus and chapter 22. The book of Leviticus and chapter 22. Now, here we're going to see that all of these instructions, they are given to the priests. And these priests are supposed to be instruments of God for mediating holiness to the people. And as I've said so many times, there is a strong relationship between that concept of holiness you see for most people that is a very abstract term and we we usually think of holiness in regard to our perspective this is not right we need to think of holiness from god's perspective we don't have that perspective naturally that perspective comes through the leadership of the holy spirit through the studying of the word of god and when we apply his truth to our life we will grow in our discernment we will have a different perspective a heavenly perspective let me say that differently a kingdom perspective and it's only when we're looking at things from that perspective then and only then can we discern that holiness is always hear that carefully holiness is always related to the purposes of god so anything that is set aside for god's purpose it is unique it is different and it needs to be recognized in a unique way well look with me as i said to leviticus chapter 22 we're going to look today at the first 16 verses of this chapter and notice how it begins verse 1 and the lord spoke to moses saying now again i want you to see that that statement that appears so many times throughout the torah has to do with revelation god that is the lord he is giving revelation to moses and moses shares this in this chapter first with the priests, but all people learn from it all people are recognizing God's character, his will, his purposes through these instructions. Let's move on to verse 2. He says, speak to Aharon and to his sons. Aharon, the high priest. His sons, the other priests that make up this unique call. We know that they're all Levites, but not all Levites are priests, but all priests are all Levites. I want to say that again. Not all Levites come from the household of Aaron, but all who come from the household of Aaron, that is the priest, they are all Levites. But this is that unique family word says, speak to Aaron and his sons. And then we have a very unique word. Now, this is a word most of you know of that Nazarite vow. This is a word of separation and again we come back to that concept separation it is good it is related to holiness and why are the priests called to recognize this separation in their life in order that they have a different perspective a perspective that will allow them to bless the children of israel to be used by god we need his perspective if we're going to do his work and therefore he says here that that they separate and the implication is they make that distinction they make that separation in regard to the holy things that that are part of the children of israel now these holy things that are part of or from the children of israel these are these sacrifices these offerings that are made upon the altar and here during the time of the wilderness in the tabernacle then later on after the tabernacle time only in jerusalem in that altar there in the temple courtyard so he says that they separate and the implication is recognize this distinctiveness from the sacrifices these holy things that the children of israel And why do we need to recognize this sanctification and treat treat them uniquely and differently from other things? Because, again, they have been set apart for a purpose. They relate to the worship of God. And therefore it says that they, referring to the priests, that they do not profane my holy name when they are offering these things to me I am the Lord so we see here that the children of Israel need to separate themselves in a unique way now that separation again it comes from that same word where we find the Nazarite vow the Nazarite vow is a vow of separation for a purpose And that purpose is oftentimes, if you look at the rabbinical commentators, commentators, that, that purpose of separation is to hear from God, to discern the will of God, for God to move in regard to some prayer request, and even discerning if that prayer request is appropriate so the nazirite vow comes strongly to us from the perspective of wanting god's will wanting god to move in a unique way according to his holy purposes and therefore the same thing could be discerned here with the use of that word that that is nazirite now a nazir is also one in modern hebrew we would see that as someone who is is set apart usually for a limited period of time in christianity that word is used to describe someone who has taken perhaps a lifelong vow biblically the nazirite vow was limited in time it doesn't say how long but uh it's limited it's not forever But others within Christianity have taken this word, and here's the problem. This word has nothing to do with the town that Yeshua grew up in, Nazareth. Many people make that error to think that the Nazarite vow is related to Yeshua because he was from Nazareth. It sounds similar in English, but it is spelled differently in Hebrew instead of that z sound for Nazarite, it is actually what we find for the city of nazareth it is a tz or a ts a different letter not a zine but a sade so spelled differently because it has two different meanings this word nazir for a a monk for example in modern hebrew for someone who has dedicated his life for the purposes of God, we find that that is with a zine. But the word for Nazareth, like the city that Yeshua grew up in, that is spelled with a sade, and it has to do with observing. It has to do with keeping. It has to do with guarding something. So two very different words. We need to remember that. So he says... They shall separate, and the implication is they shall be separated or separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel, that is, the offerings. Why? That if they're not recognizing these things as set apart for a specific purpose, what do they do? They profane the name, my holy name, which they are set apart unto me. I am the Lord. Verse 3. Say unto them throughout all their generations. Now, the word all is not there, but it's implied. Say unto them throughout their generations, and the implication is all their generations, that every man which comes near from your seed, meaning from the family of Aaron, from your offspring, to the holy things which the children of israel are offering up to the lord so as they are coming forward to participate to offer up to deal with these sacrifices and offerings notice what it says there's a warning and in his uncleanliness which is upon him so if he is serving in a state of being unclean being corrupted being defiled what happens it says this soul whoever it is this individual is cut off from before me says the lord which means this he cannot serve in this way he cannot participate in the things of god while he is in that state of being unclean and if he willfully does so here again listen very carefully if he willfully does so then this one is cut off meaning he's no longer allowed to participate in this specific ministry this role this call upon his life now this is if he willfully does so but look at verse four a man doesn't mean any man it means one from the priestly family so anyone and the implication is a priest that that is in a specific state what state it says any man from the seed of abraham Zerah avraham excuse me aharon the seed of aaron i want to get this right any man from the seed of aaron and he is leprous so he's a leper or he has and this next word zav refers to a issue meaning an issue of of fluid that that is emitting from his body now some would say that this has to do with a specific disease for the sake of our discussion tonight we won't detail that but if someone has leprosy or he has a fluid emitting from his body in a continual way then this one notice what he says then this one shall not eat until he is pure meaning that situation is is ended now when it says eat it's talking about specifically that he shall not eat from the holy things so if this one is a leprosy or he has a flow an issue of fluid it says in the with the holy things he shall not eat until he is purified and the one that touches anything that is un- impure of an individual this is usually referring to someone who is dead or one that has go out from him and this is a specific now we're dealing with a specific issue of fluid from his body so anyone who is in one of these states and what are they there's four one is that this one has, has leprosy. Another one is that he has probably some health issue related to a sexual disease. The third one is that he has touched an ind- individual that is dead, a carcass, whether it's a, a human, here it's specifically referring to a human, or he has an emission of a bodily fluid in that case until he is purified he cannot eat from these things and the implication is that he should not serve either look now to verse 5 or a man that touches any type of of sherets now sherets is these uh insects or, or living things that swarm together. Some of the, the older translations will use the word teeming, T-E-E-M-I-N-G, teeming together. Now, we see, for example, flies do that around something that is, is dead. You'll see a swarm of flies. So any of these things that behave in this way, it says, if you touch them, then you will be unclean and in this case if you touch something that is of a individual an individual who is unclean therefore all of this will render him all of these things will render this one who touches him to be unclean defiled impure where he's not able to serve and he's not able to eat from these these sacrifices that a portion of them went indeed to the priestly family look now to to verse six an individual which touches it he will be impure until evening and he shall not eat from these holy things rather he shall wash his flesh in water And at the setting of the sun, he will be pure. And afterwards, he may eat from these sanctified things, for it is his food. So, in a state whereby you touch something, and you're unclean, you're unclean until the evening. But after becoming unclean, while it is still daylight, you are to immerse. You are to wash your flesh. If you do not, even when the evening comes, there is no change. So you have to do that washing. And most would say that this washing is not just a typical bath or bathing. It is immersion. Because what we're dealing with is a spiritual defilement. That which is unclean. We're not talking about dirt per se. But something that has a spiritual ramification to it. Then he goes on look now to to verse 8 we see another situation nevela nevela is an animal that is dead a carcass of an animal so again we saw that touching a human carcass renders you impure and here we have the same thing according to verse 8. so a dead animal's carcass or one that has been torn so now there's a piece of flesh that has been torn it says you shall not eat for for this is uncleansiness with it so these things have a a uncleansiness a defilement to it i am the lord meaning this you have what commonly referred to an english roadkill an animal perhaps a cow is walking in the street a car hits it kills it well you have some people say well why let that that carcass go to waste it was a healthy cow there's nothing wrong let's eat it and they butcher it now that is forbidden in the scripture one of the reasons for that is the animal did not die in the proper way a living animal that was butchered according to the scriptural parameters for butchering an animal therefore we're not allowed to eat that and what it's saying here if you do you are violating the Lord's command now this violation of eating it would be for anyone here specifically we're talking about this being applied to priests and why do we submit to it look at the end of verse 8 Ani Hashem I am the Lord god determines that he sets the rules what should we do Well, look now at verse 9. he says they shall keep who's this we're speaking The subject would be the priest the descendants of aharon his sons his family and of course himself they shall keep my judgments and in doing so they will not lift up upon himself meaning that individual priest won't place upon himself a sin so when you violate these things these things are indeed a sin and what does sin bring about in our life ultimately and sometimes a sin can bring about a divine punishment and here it says and they die so follow my judgments so that you will not bring upon oneself a sin and they die in it why because they have or here they have profaned it they have profaned him meaning they have profaned the name of the lord as we saw earlier and then we see i am the lord who sanctifies them sanctification is related to this word holiness and it's connected to the purpose of god So whenever one does anything that is not connected to the purpose of God, it is going to defile them. It is going to cause them, and here's a big takeaway, not to be used by God. It is going to bring about a separation. There's a good separation when we separate our things from that which is unclean, impure, defiled. When we separate ourselves from those things, it increases our ability to hear from god to find the anointing of the spirit to have that discernment but when we violate these things it will cause us difficulty in perceiving things from the perspective of god and even from hearing from god himself so what are we called to do look carefully again at verse 9 they shall keep my judgments and this is a, a prayer that we should make daily. God, help me to keep your judgments. Now, let me go off on a brief tangent because frequently I'm criticized for emphasizing the commandments of God. Now, people say, you're not under the law. I agree with that. We're not under the law. What does that mean? That the law is no longer an a instrument, of a punishment for us we've already because of what messiah has done on the cross we have already been punished so the law is not any longer a instrument of death and curse for the believer but does that mean forget the law ignore the law that the law has no longer any relevance i strongly push back against such a philosophy such a a way of interpreting the scripture it is false we need to utilize all of scripture including the commandments of god and let me just give you a personal testimony and that is this when you value the commandments of god what commandments all commandments those that are in the torah the first five books those that we see in prophecy those that we see in the poetic books those that we see in the new covenant all of them and let me tell you it is wrong to emphasize one portion of Scripture above another. Nowhere do we see that anywhere taught in the Scripture, that some Scripture is more important than other. We don't find that. What we're called to do is to study all of God's counsel, all of His Word, and under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, apply that truth to our life. And we will never regret doing that, all of God's word has great relevance for us and we learn more about him when we study his word so look again what he says verse 9 keep my judgments and the implication is that sin will not be that they will not bring sin upon oneself and and if you do What's the outcome? Sin is related to death. You will die by it. They will die in it because they have profaned. They have profaned him, meaning God, or it, meaning this uh, uh, holy thing. I am the Lord who sanctifies them. God wants to sanctify us, but we have to follow his rule. Verse 10. Now, he's going to show us some practical things in regard to how we recognize this this priestly family and the fact that their food a good portion of it comes from not all but a good portion of it at least the meat comes from these offerings and sacrifices from the children of Israel notice what it says in verse 10 Beho zar zar is a foreigner in this case it's being used in a specific way one who is not a descendant of aharon of aaron so any foreigner anyone who is not from the priestly family it says he cannot eat the holy thing meaning these sacrifices neither can a toshav kohen. what's a toshav one that's residing now it may be a friend of his he may put someone up but They are a guest, would be how we would understand it, of a priest. So the priest cannot serve a guest who is staying with him from these sanctified things. And then it has a term, sachir, sachir, in modern Hebrew. This is simply an employee, someone that is hired. So there's a worker there that the priest has hired to do something. It's lunchtime, and he says, would you like to have lunch with us? Well, he can eat lunch, he can serve him food, but... He cannot give this one any of these holy things, these things that have been set apart from the children of Israel unto the Lord. So these persons cannot eat such a thing. It says, he cannot eat the holy things, verse 11. But a priest that acquires, and this is a word for purchasing, an individual now what does this mean well here again it is not condoning slavery what it's talking about here is this there is an individual and he has debt and this priest perhaps the debt is owned to him or this this priest redeems this one he pays off the debt And now this one is obligated to him for a limited period of time. Notice how this verse elevates the one who's a bondservant. Now, there's the Greek word doulos, a servant or slave. I think it's good in regard to a believer that we consider ourselves slaves of Messiah, that we are absolutely submissive to him as one is to one's master think that's good but when we use the term in regard to what we're talking about now perhaps a bond servant would be better this is someone who because of financial mismanagement has a debt that he cannot or she cannot pay and now for whatever reason this one has been acquired meaning purchased this debt has been purchased by the priests and it says such a one who is a purchase of money he may eat of it now this is huge in its implications it shows how different this 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 horrible slavery and by the way is on an uptick throughout the world today horrible This is not what the Bible is speaking about when it talks about slavery. Why? Notice what the scripture is saying. If anyone, a guest in your home, this may be someone that you truly love that is a wonderful friend. Or it could be relatives by marriage, in-laws or something. They can't eat from the sacrificial things, but a bondservant of that priest can. What does that do? it shows the close relationship of that bondservant to that family it is a close one it is not one of exploitation of of abuse we need to see it very differently when the bible talks about one who is a bondservant and not equate it with the term slavery and how we think of it today so it says look again a priest Or we could say but a priest that has acquired an individual that it's been purchased with money this one he is able to eat of it and one who's born in his house meaning one however it comes about this one who's born and the implication is in the scripture is linking these things together because it could be a child of a bond servant that is born in the priestly home this one may also all those who are born may eat uh, of this this food from this this these offerings verse 12 a daughter of a priest that she has become a husband of a foreigner meaning not a priestly individual so a priestly daughter or a daughter's priest marry someone from a different tribe and it says here this uh uh donation of holy things so these offerings that are made what does it say she cannot eat from so now it's his own daughter she is a priestly daughter but she's married someone who's not a priest she is now disqualified but bond servant may eat she may not think about that this has significant implications so a daughter of a priest who marries someone out of a priestly background she may not eat from these things verse 13 and a daughter of a priest that shall be a widow or divorce And there's no offspring to her. She has no children. And she returns to the house of her father as she was in her youth. From the food of her father, she may eat. But anyone who is foreign, meaning not of the priestly family, shall not eat uh, of it so again we see something very clear this woman has been married but there's no children from it so probably a short marriage or she could be barren and she comes back to her father's house she is restored to her previous status even though that she is a widow or a divorced woman verse verse 14. A man that will eat of the holy things, these sacrifices, Bishkaga. What is this? Bishkaga means basically without intent to eat them. Now, perhaps he was, was unclean and he didn't know that he was unclean and then he ate and then it was revealed to him he was unclean. He did it unintentionally there was no intent to violate the instructions of God or he was unclean he knew that and he ate something but he did not know that this meat was sacrificial base coming from the offerings of the children of Israel so the key word here is Bishkaga, which means to do something without a, a intent to violate God's Word you do it by a sincere accident but that can have consequences look at verse 14 again a man that will eat of these holy things and he does so by accident what should he do well he has to add 20 percent meaning a fifth part unto it and give it to the priests this this holy thing so what does he do Well, let's say the piece of meat that he eats of has a value of, let's say, 10 shekels. He has to then give 12 shekels. He cannot continue to eat once he knows this. Now, if he's already consumed it, what's done is done. But, But if he takes a bite and someone says, this is holy meat, this is meat that the children of Israel offered up, you're in the state of impurity, You can't eat. He must stop, desist immediately. And whatever the full value is of that piece of meat, he has to add 20%. So in this case, 2 shekels if the value is 10. 12 shekels he needs to give to a priest for making amends of this accident that he has committed. And what's the overall perspective? Look at verse 15 that they will not profane my holy things, the holy things of the children of Israel. So they will not profane the holy things of the children of Israel, which they lift up, meaning offer, but they lift up unto the Lord. Now, the reason why it has lift up, the word for a donation is truma, which comes from the same root to lift up. And what it means here, the reason why it's lifting up is because it's being taken from a common purpose to a holy purpose and it shows something when we are committed to god it has an elevation to it i mentioned not too long in a a message that i gave or will appear in a few months actually i'm ahead in next year from luke chapter 10 and in luke chapter 10 Yeshua is sending out 70 other, and they are being sent forth as apostles to serve him into the cities of Israel, specifically in this case, in the Galilee area, at least initially. And he sends them out two by two, and what's interesting is that they go up. That's literally what it says. Now, they're not going up to Jerusalem. What it's speaking about is an upward call. And what this is talking about is how when we participate and obey and give unto the Lord, it has an elevating effect. Well, let's deal with the last verse. We saw here in verse 15 that the objective is not to defile, to profane the holy things of the children of Israel. And it says here, look at verse 16. The implication is that they won't have to bear these violations and be guilty of an iniquity when they eat their holy things these sacrificial things so we don't want them to have to bear the iniquity of their guilt in doing that so follow what he's saying is follow these things why for i am the lord that that sanctifies them now Let me conclude by saying this what the scripture is wanting is for us to recognize that which is holy and not to violate it is to teach us to have discernment and have a spiritual sensitivity to those things that have a holy purpose what's a holy purpose those things that are related to god's will we need to recognize that and not violate why violations affect the name of god they bring prof- a a profaneness a corruption a defilement to the name of god when his statutes his rules are violated and over and over what we see is this that the reason for doing these things is for one purpose alone i am the lord that sanctifies them. God wants to work in your life and my life in a sanctifying way, just like he worked in the priestly life to sanctify them for service. And when we violate, when we do not make a distinction between that which is holy and that which is common, when we violate this recognition of the status of something, it affects the work of God in our life. Now, are these things, are there any holy things in that one sense, the biblical sense, things offered up to God at the temple, these sacrifices? There's not today. But we need to realize that these principles can be used in our life. That if we say, I'm going to set aside this amount of money for this purpose for God, that we recognize that it's holy and not misuse that not use it for something else these things have great practicality for life and when we recognize that we will grow and we will mature and we will be brought into a different perspective his perspective so that we can serve him in this upward way he wants to raise us up submit to what God says Recognize that which is holy and that which is corrupt. Do not be part of corruption. Be committed to the holy things of the Lord. Well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom from
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website